Welcome to the Coach Speak Podcast, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Steve Medford, the show where we talk coaching with some of the best in the business. In this episode, Bill Roseberry sits down with retired Marquette principal and head football coach, Mike Slaughter. This episode of Coach Speak starts in 20 seconds. To win in sports, you must focus on your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. I'm Steve Medford, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, and I can help. Call 498-8523. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. All right, we're back here on Coach Speak with another edition here uh, at the lovely WBGC studios in Alton, Illinois. And with me today is a guy who is synonymous with the Marquette Catholic Explorers, or was synonymous, I guess. He's past tense. retired now. Past tense. Is it past tense? We have former teacher, guidance counselor, football coach, assistant football coach, and most of all, principal, tennis, Mike Slaughter. Tennis coach, ice hockey coach, oh. and freshman baseball coach. Oh, man, I missed some, huh? Catholic yeah. school. Yeah? You yeah. coach everything. 42 years, I guess you get that, huh? 42 years, uh uh-huh. Yeah, just talk about that. You were a player there, too. I mean, let's just talk about Marquette for a second. What made Marquette so important to you? Well, before we talk about that, Bill, uh, you and I go back, I don't know, a decade or so, 15 years, maybe, I don't know, one of our buddies introduced us to each other at a pizza place, uh, actually, after Alton High Edwardsville basketball game. You probably don't remember that, but I remember that. Pantera's Pizza. Pantera's yeah, Pizza in Edwardsville. They just got some free advert if they're still yeah. open. They know. are. Are they, they are. still yeah. open? I, I live over there, so yeah. Anyhow, though, uh, Bill, I'm not familiar with your podcast. I'm not familiar with podcasts at all. I'm, <laughs> I'm very uh, uh, antiquated. Uh, you know, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to all this new technology and everything. But all I can say is that uh, Bill, things must be going awful slow for you to have to bring me onto the program. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of I've had guys older than you on here. I had Jim Wigger on here. Oh yeah, yeah I've Coach had Wigger. Joe Hook's been on here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Terry Mitchell's been on here. Do you think they appreciate you noting that they're all <laughs> older than me? I still see yeah. Oscar uh, out in out in uh, my mom's community. He walks daily, and uh, I remember telling my mom, I said, "That man right there." was, if not the best, one of the best athletes that ever walked through the halls at Alton High School. And uh, she said, oh, who's that? I said, Oscar Wallace. And you know, the shame is, nowadays, the kids, they don't know they, who, they don't know who, they don't know who Oscar and he's a, Wallace he, was. He, he's a substitute teacher that's <clears throat> there every is. day yeah. at Alton yeah. High. I just saw yeah. him. I've been seeing him at Alton girls games. I've been going to a lot of Alton girls games and talk to him mm-hmm. often. You know, his he held the state uh, record for the long jump in the state of Illinois up until the mid late nineties or yeah, early aughts. For thirty I some mean, odd years, he held that. Maybe early two thousand teens. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a long time. He yeah. said it in nineteen sixty nine, I believe, and it it stood that long. I mean, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Athlete. That that. That young man at the time, he was quite an athlete. I, I am younger than him, but uh, I was in grade school when he was in high school. But I remember reading about Oscar Wallace and, of course, at that time reading about all the 
great Alton High uh, football players and football teams that they had back then right. in the late 60s, early 70s. And, uh, you know, it was it was neat to, to read about them and everything. I then went to Marquette, and not because I went to Marquette, but Marquette uh, started having a lot of success in football in the 70s. Uh, John Rogers was the coach. It's, it's funny to point out, uh, those of us who coached with John and knew John well, we all know that at one time, John's record at Marquette was 3-33. and 33. And we always point that out, used to point it out to him. God bless him, he's deceased now, right. as you know. But uh, that he was 3-33, and 33, and we always, that was, that was the Mendoza line, so to speak, that if you were ever a coach at Marquette, you never wanted to be 3-33 and 33 or worse. <laughs> uh, and uh, John took a ribbon over that. But see, then John, uh, well, for one thing, got out of the Bi-State Conference, which was all these Missouri schools, which were too big for Marquette, too powerful for right. Marquette back in the 60s. And Marquette used to take a beating. And then we started playing schools still bigger than us, but uh, but on this side of the river. And, uh, you know, after John turned that 3-33 and 33 around to uh, – he never did reach 100 victories. He retired before he got to that, but I think he got to 94, something like that, and, uh, and only had 60 uh, losses, 60 maybe some odd losses. So um, – he, he basically went 90-something and 30 uh, his last 10 years, 15 years of coaching. Yeah, you were 9-1 nine, uh, nine and one your senior no, year. No, we were not 9-1. We did not lose a game. Uh, oh. We uh, we tied a game. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I was – I was uh, so, so you got my dander up a little bit there. We did <laughs> That's not – That's IHSA. We were the yeah, number one t- team at the final, final rankings. We were the number, number one ranked team in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch small schools. And um, I I think maybe the 82 team might also have finished the season ranked number one, but I don't think any other uh, Marquette teams have have done that. Uh, But that was before the playoffs. That was one year before the playoffs. I never got to play in the playoffs. So anyhow, yeah, as a player, I mean, it may sound self-serving, but, hey, I'm 66 years old, so I can – uh, I can I can talk a little bit about it, and, and you know the old expression: the older you get, the better you wore. But um, we had some. Uh, I played on some very very good football teams at Marquette. Running back, correct? I was a running back, and uh, yeah, my senior year I rushed for over a thousand yards on on only a hundred carries, which comes out to ten yards per right. per, per average. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good, and I also had twenty touchdowns. So. Uh, I had a I had a good a good senior season, but I wasn't even the best back in our backfield. Uh, we had a quarterback who was the uh, Alton Knights of Columbus back of the year. I was not, even with a thousand yards and twenty touchdowns. Wow. Jay Eckhouse was the back of the year, but I also played in the backfield with uh, two young men, uh, Leo Swift, who was our fullback and one of the best football players I ever played with, and uh, Tom Solly. So. Uh, I bet you if uh, John Rogers were alive today, oh, he might be nice about it, but uh, <laughs> maybe not. But he would tell you in that backfield of four uh, players, I was probably number four. Wow. But uh, that's how good we that's, were. That's we, what it we, takes to have We a were good. Undefeated but I was, team. I, you know, you talk about Marquette football and all that. Yeah, I, so I was, uh, I was able to play on an undefeated team. 
I was able to be an assistant coach on an undefeated team mm-hmm. till we lost our final game in the state finals in 1982. And I right. was able as a head coach to coach an undefeated team until we were finally right. uh, defeated in the playoffs. So I've played for, assisted coach, and coached undefeated teams at Marquette. On the other hand, I've also had my one and eight teams. Right, right. Uh, never went winless, but I, I did. I remember, uh, you know, one year we went one and eight, and other years uh, we might have only won three or four. Uh, most of my years, though, we uh, we won, it seemed like, five or six. But, uh, again, those are the days that we were playing the Jerseyvilles and the Triads mm-hmm. and modern days and... Uh, and we were in the South Central, uh, which was a, a, a tough conference. Right. So. Um, well, going back to to uh, to you, did you did you play any other sports besides football there at Marquette? Oh, too? baseball. Yeah. Baseball was my love. Yeah. yeah. I, I had most of my success. I tell people uh, if they ask in uh, in football, but uh, but my love was baseball. I, I played center field for Marquette, and I just loved baseball. And then when I went on to college, I went to a small Division three college and played four years of football. I did play Car- one Carthage, year is that at right? Carthage. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did play one year of uh, baseball, but up in Wisconsin, it's not, it's not very conducive to to baseball. I I sometimes look back now forty years and wish I'd have stayed with baseball, or gone somewhere else, or I wish that uh, back in those days, uh, it was like today where. I very possibly would have just gone to Lewis and Clark and played baseball and then tried to catch on somewhere else. But that was my love, baseball. However, before all these high school sports, I was a swimmer. Really? I I swam. I still swim. I, I still swim in the summer sport uh, alumni swim meet that they've had now for the past two years. Oh, I didn't know they were doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And as a matter of fact, I, uh, I'm i 66 years old now, and uh, I'm not going to embarrass her by, by mentioning the name, but I challenged the uh, the head, uh, head coach at Summer Sport, a young lady who <laughs> went to Arkansas, I think, on a, a swimming scholarship and set all kinds of NCAA records and everything. Now, if we swam against each other in anything longer than 25 yards, she would beat me by easily. But I challenged her to 25-yard freestyle, knowing that even in 25 yards, she might beat me, but she can't beat me by much. But lo and behold, she was shocked when I beat her. So, I, I, yeah, I still uh, – there were some people that were pretty uh, pretty impressed that this 60-some-year-old man can uh, can still get up and down the uh, the laps in the pool. Uh, so wow. I, I used to uh, – I mean, I still do, and I, I'll start again in January. I work out at uh, at Nautilus. Okay. And uh, I swim out at Nautilus. I'm giving Nautilus a plug here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody from Nautilus hears this plug that they're getting. But I swim uh, out at Nautilus, and uh, – so nowadays, uh, now that I'm in my 60s, I'm, I'm enjoying life more than ever. But what I'm doing a lot of is swimming and playing pickleball. And maybe we'll yeah. talk about pickleball more later on. <laughs> it's, it's the sport now. Well, let's, let's go back. We'll start now. Now you're, you're done with, you went to Car- Kenosha, right? Kenosha, that, Wisconsin. All right, that's what uh-huh. I thought. So, so um, let's go up there for a second. Just talk about being away and going up there and what you learned. Um, going going away up to Kenosha and playing football in college. Playing football in college, and, and I say even though it was Division Three, they had just won the conference, the CCIW, for the fifth year in a row. 
And uh, I remember getting recruited by them. And at the time, it was a big-time deal to get recruited by, by Carthage to go up there and play because they were always winning the conference. And this is, these are teams with Milliken and Illinois right. Wesleyan and Augustana and uh, North Park, Elmhurst, uh, North Central, uh, and Carroll College. I think I got them all. And anyhow, um, it was a great conference, very tough conference. And I tell you what, I learned how to play football up there in college. I didn't know how to play football in high school. I was just fast. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I never played in the backfield in high school until sophomore year on the sophomore team. Uh, my my uh, coach, Mike Seamer, uh, saw how fast I was, and he put me in the backfield. And uh, that's where I remained for the next three years. But I didn't I didn't know anything about being a running back. I just you know give me the ball and they would just point me in the right direction and I would run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in college, I, it wasn't till my junior and senior years that I learned how to be a running back. And and of course, like all old men, they always look back and say, "Boy, I wish I'd have known back then what I know now." And right. I, I really do. I wish I'd have known. Uh, back in high school what I knew as a running back in in college because uh, it it opened my eyes to what what it really takes to be a running back so uh, but anyhow uh, I didn't start my first two years at Carthage Uh, you know back in those days you had to be patient Uh, I played behind a kid actually who wound up spending I think it was 12 years in the NFL and uh, nobody knows his name nowadays, a kid named Jim Jodat, J-O-D-A-T, but he, he went hmm. from Carthage to the NFL, even played in the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. Really? And, um, so, and then 79, he, uh, I guess? 79, yeah, yeah, against Pittsburgh, I think yeah, it was. it was. And anyhow, uh, matter of fact, I remember him going out to the middle of the field uh, to, for the coin toss because he was the special teams captain. Oh, and, wow. Uh, but anyhow, this kid, see, I, I weighed all of 175 <laughs> in high school. And then, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in college. In high school, I weighed all of 165. <laughs> Never could put on weight. Put on strength. I used to lift weights a lot. I was big, big in the weightlifting. Not bodybuilding, but, but weightlifting and, right. and uh, getting strong for sports and stuff. And anyhow, um, I, I never could put on the weight. So I, I played uh, all four years at Carthage at about 175, 176. I just wasn't very wow. big. I was tall. Yeah. I was six, six foot, but I probably should have been a split end. Uh, I, I used to love catching the ball. But back in those days, it, you don't have the offenses you have nowadays where exactly. they're yeah. hitting the, the backside of the backfield and stuff. So uh, as I said, back at, uh, back at Marquette, um, I look back with uh, regret in the in the fact that uh, I played 10 games my senior year. Again, there was no playoffs back then, but we had a 10-game regular season, and I carried the ball 100 times in 10 games. That's I touched the ball 10 times a game. Uh, that's hardly even playing. Yeah. At, at Carthage, my senior year, uh, I remember there were two games where I carried the ball 30-plus times. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you know, so so in two games I carried the ball sixty something times, whereas at Marquette in ten games I carried it one hundred times. So that's that's I mean it was it was different, uh, completely different. So, takes a little bit. I learned how to block. I learned how to take a hit. Learned too, yeah. how, I tell yeah. you, it was tough. It was it was really tough, but it prepared me then for my my next uh, exactly. phase in life. And really, uh, people would think, well, that was the coaching. Yeah, it did help me. It helped me a lot in the coaching. But uh, actually, I went to college uh, to become a teacher. And right. I wanted to come back and uh, and teach uh, history. 
history and government. Did you and come straight back to Marquette? I did not. Okay. Uh, I actually went to Decatur St. Teresa. Okay. Which uh, I look back on that sometimes and think, uh, see, I, I, th- this is true. Most people don't know this, but uh, I coached there one year. It would have been 78, 79 because uh, I graduated from Carthage in May of 78, so I started at St. Teresa in August of 78, and I was the freshman coach. Well, their head coach, a man named Dom Riccardino, he uh, resigned to leave St. T's after that one year, and being a Catholic school, uh, the, the assistant varsity coach, a very good friend of mine named Terry Howley, who later on in life became the mayor of Decatur, he didn't want to be head coach, but he wanted me to be head coach, and he was going to then help me. And uh, he begged me and begged me to be uh, to be the head coach at St. Teresa's at age 23. Oh, oh my goodness! And uh, I I knew I knew I wasn't ready to be in a over head your coach. head. I yeah. would have been way in over my head. You know, I look back at all the state championships. Again, they won one this year. Uh, I think they've won four or five or six state championships and have just been a, a dynamite football powerhouse. And I look back and think, well, it's a good thing I didn't uh, I didn't become head coach because they wouldn't have had all the success that they're having now. I just wasn't ready. But I was also getting married that summer, and I was marrying uh, my high school girlfriend. And um, she comes from a large family, most of whom are down here in the Alton area. And I knew if I took her back up to Decatur until she found a job, she would be doing nothing. She would be in our apartment all day long, you know, just doing nothing. And, uh, I mean, she would find something to do, I guess, to keep herself busy. But with her family being down here, I, I remember I was going back to Decatur St. Teresa, not as the head coach, but as, as a teacher and as an assistant coach. Uh, I had agreed I would stay on the staff at St. T's. But uh, I was going back that summer until John Rogers. I was working at Fisher Lumber, uh, Fisher Lumber Yard down in East Alton, <laughs> uh, Shamrock Drive in East Alton, Fisher Lumber Company. Get a little plug there for Fisher. (laughs) Anyhow, though, uh, I'm working there in the summertime, and uh, John Rogers uh, comes walking through the parking lot, and I'm hopping in a truck to go make a delivery, and I hop out, and, uh, Coach, what are you doing here? He says, hey, you want a job? I said, I've got a job. He said, I know, but you want to come to Marquette? I said, well, you know, I really, I've got a contract. Uh, I'm happy at St. Teresa's. I said, however, I am getting married in a month. And uh, in, in August, I was getting married, and uh, my wife would be happier down here. I said, so it makes a lot of sense. So I said, let me think about it. And I uh, got back to him and said, yeah, I'll, I'll come down to Marquette. So, so I came to Marquette. What year was that? Was that that was in 1979, yeah. So I started at Marquette in the fall of 79 and uh, left a couple years ago. You start left to, a couple uh, times actually. Yeah. I was a principal at St. Boniface in Edwardsville. Most people don't remember in what the early nineties. Okay, before I became the head football coach at Marquette. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. I, I, uh, say, I, I had my master's degree in administration, and I was looking for uh, an administrative job. Okay. Let's be honest. You want to make a living in the Catholic school system, you need to be an administrator. Administrator, right? I love teaching. I mean, teaching was always my favorite job. Not coaching teaching. I loved teaching. And uh, 
it was it was the best 25 years of my life but uh i was going to be i wanted to be an administrator to to make a living i guess and uh saint boniface in edwardsville offered me a job and i went down there in the early 90s for three years and then uh then marquette uh the the president they had a president principal uh, uh set up at that time he came down to saint boniface one day and he said what's it going to take to get you back to marquette i said you can't you you can't afford me you can't get me back to marquette huh. he said try me so he 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 made me all kinds of promises and stuff that he would do this and this and this and this i mean don't don't get me wrong not that they were going to throw the bank at me they didn't uh but just that he would make it worth my while to come back to marquette so uh so i went back to marquette as the head football and then, coach well and then as luck would have it oh, okay. uh john waters decided to leave marquette and uh, now, during that time I was at St. Boniface, I was still kind of at Marquette in the sense I was still coaching at Marquette. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so I'd never left in that sense. So, uh, so like I tell some people, yeah, I left, but I didn't leave in that. I was still coaching all those years. I was still under contract at Marquette, even though I was, my day job was at St. Boniface. So then John uh, decided to leave Marquette. I think he went to Fort Zumwalt North. And uh, and that's when I uh, took the the head coaching job. Now, had you been an assistant basically from the beginning when you came back? In uh, I was an assistant from, from, from seventy nine until uh, I became the head coach. What fifteen 90, years later? Ninety four, I think. Yeah, yeah uh, so. fifteen years later. For those fifteen years, I was an assistant football coach, first under John Rogers, and then under John Waters. And and I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Those two were very very good head coaches. Right. And uh, of course, John Rogers is in the uh, Hall of Fame. John Waters ought to be. Uh, he was a good coach. A good motivator and i learned so much from from those two nowadays it seems like kids aren't patient enough they want to be a head coach right away you know like like i could have been at saint Teresa's, mm-hmm. but I, I i knew i wasn't ready and uh, you know so it it, it wasn't until 15 years later that i was again offered a head coaching job and this time i took it <laughs> i probably still wasn't ready <laughs> well, let's go back a little bit during those times as assistant you, you got the you you mentioned it earlier uh, you were on that uh that 82 second place team as an assistant coach um talk about that getting to a state final and, and being a part of a team like that prior to the 82 season john rogers had made the playoffs I think five times John Rogers coached f- mm-hmm. football teams had right. made the playoffs. I think it was five times, and they were zero and five. And boy, that was a gut punch to Marquette football. We we just couldn't believe that. We just didn't. Uh, and the year before, his fifth loss was, um, gosh, I think that was to Pittsfield, and uh, I'm not sure if if it was Pittsfield or who, but. Uh, yeah, I think it was down at the stadium, and boy, that just devastated us. That's where we had this great junior class. I mean, they were very, very good, and they had and just enough good seniors uh, that we had a heck of a team in '81, and and we really thought we were going to do something. And then Pittsfield came down, and I'm going to say upset us uh, in a very tight game. 
the following year, those juniors, uh, led by uh, young men like Tim Matthews and Jack Wickenhauser and Ron Wisnowski and, uh, <laughs> gosh, kids whose names I uh, I can't even remember, Pete Fitzgerald and uh, Hannah Mana, a kid named Steve Lay, who, who just passed away recently. Uh, they had a great, great team. And... Uh, the, the the most fun game that whole year, that whole uh, postseason was the first game against Carlinville up at Carlinville, and we had one. They were undefeated at the time too, if I'm not mistaken, and we had one heck of a game. Um, we had lost a couple games before our. Uh, I'm going to say great fullback, kid named Mike Schwagel. And uh, we replaced him with a good fullback. And if he hears this, he'll be offended. But he was good, but he was only a sophomore. He got better. Uh, he wound up becoming a quarterback at Marquette his senior year and, uh, and was a starter on a state championship baseball team, a kid named Danny Fitzgerald. But okay. uh, he was a good athlete, but he was only a sophomore, and, and, and he wasn't Mike Schwegel. Uh, I still maintain if we hadn't lost Mike Schwagel to a broken collarbone bone against Triad in 82 that we'd have won state, but, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Anyhow, though, uh, the Collinville game, the first game in the playoffs, one heck of a game, back and forth, back and forth. It seemed like we'd score, we'd kick off to them, they'd return it for a touchdown <laughs> or something like that. I mean, I know that happened uh, at one point, but anyhow, it was just a heck of a game. And then we won, and it was the first time that John Rogers had ever won a playoff game, that Marquette had ever won a playoff game. And you'd have thought we won the World Series, or the, I guess a better analogy is that we'd won the Super Bowl just right then. And uh, it was it was it was uh, it was neat. And uh, then we went on the road again and played up in, uh, oh, God, Monmouth, I think it was. And it, I think it was like uh, 45 degrees below zero. It was the <laughs> coldest game we ever played. And I really don't remember much about that game. It was so darn cold. But we won, it seems, handily. And uh, then we came home, if I'm not mistaken, and played Greenville uh, in the uh, – for the right to go to the state championship and it was a heck of a game uh they had a an option team uh option quarterback who was good i think he got hurt though i think he might have gotten hurt before that game or maybe d uh, during that game but anyhow it was a back and forth game and uh i think we did i don't think we nailed it down until uh jack wickenhauser one of the best running backs i ever coached he uh scampered I shouldn't say scampered I guess but he uh, he went off on a 99 yard touchdown run which wow. to this day is the longest run in Illinois high school history because there can be, be no right. run longer than 99 anybody can tie it but you cannot break it. So, Jack, you still have the record for the longest. Matter of fact, he, he, uh, he, he used to. I think he used to kid me about he uh, did one four yards longer than me because my longest was ninety five back at Marquette, and uh, his was ninety nine in a state quarter or in a state, state semifinal, semifinal game. game. Right. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still remember that. And then when we won that, oh, I remember running across the field and. Jumping up and down, and uh, you know, and then we went to the the state finals, and you know, where I, were they at at the, back at that? Point? Uh, Bloomington. Okay, and, where it's about to 
possibly yeah. go back to. Yeah, and uh, you know, I hate to say this, uh, but uh, I almost think that we were just content being there, uh, like there was no urgency. Mm. And uh, boys, if any of you are listening to this and that offends you, I apologize, but. Uh, I'm talking about the coaching staff mostly. Okay, we I, I guess with us, it, we were just so happy to be there that uh, there didn't seem, uh, in retrospect, the urgency. And I think we were winning the game at halftime. And then who'd you play in the finals? Uh, New Lenox, Providence. Oh wow! Uh, if Man. I'm not mistaken, those are big schools and, now. Uh, but yeah, I think that was uh, again. I think that's the name of the school. And anyhow, uh, school now, yeah. Jack Wick, uh, the best running back, like like, like I said, uh, uh, on the team that year, and, and one of the best I've ever had. He uh, unfortunately broke his hand, uh, I think, sometime before the half, and um, nobody knew it. He didn't. I don't think he even knew it. And uh, he played with a broken hand yeah, in the second half. Yeah. Wow. And it, it affected his performance, I think, a little bit in the second half. But I'm not blaming him by yeah. any means. I mean, he, no. we rode him to the, the yeah. championship. So, But, yeah, it was a fun year, 82. And it's, uh, you know, but we really, again, I get back to that urgency. I, I think from that point on that we being, you know, John Rogers and John Waters and Jim Seymour and Greg King and, Myself and Tom Syok, uh, these were all the coaches at that time. Yeah. Uh, I think we thought, well, you know, we're going to be here again and again yeah. and again. And it wasn't to be. Even with, you know, that's something else I want to bring up as an assistant, too. You get to get to coach two NFL guys. I mean, one. Oh, absolutely. Craig, Craig Hendrich. I mean, what a what an athlete he was. I mean, you know, possibly, arguably, if not the best football player to come out of this area, he's he's right top three probably, and, and he was a, a kicker, you know. And, well, then, and then Tom Roth also, both those guys, yeah. you know, you got to coach both of them. Just talk about being around players of that caliber too. And well, Hendrick, we, we knew Hendrick was special yeah. when he came in just the way he kicked the ball. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was, it was fun just down at practice watching him punt that ball. I mean, it was – it was unbelievable, and, uh, <clears throat> and then his kickoffs and of course his uh, field goals and stuff. I, I I don't know how a little kid like that, and he was little <clears throat> at that time. He got bigger. Uh, I mean, he wound up being a six foot two, six foot three right. young man, strapping man. Um, and uh, anyhow, he could kick the heck out of it. People don't re- under, don't realize he was also a heck of a safety and a heck of a quarterback. But he uh, hurt his shoulder his uh, junior, I think junior year. He hurt his shoulder and could only kick for us. And then senior year, he came back trying to be a quarterback and hurt it again. And uh, so he just hmm. kicked. And, uh, you know, he wanted to play. We wanted him to play. We probably shouldn't have allowed him to play anything but a kicker because his future was going to be yeah. kicking. And his, his future was kicking. Let me tell you about Craig Hendrick. Uh, what people sometimes don't know is he was obviously great on the football field. He was great in the classroom. But even more importantly, he was great in the hallways. He was the most down-to-earth person. Here's a kid who, uh, I, I mean, young kids, we would come running up the steps at uh, West uh, Stadium, and uh, especially after a game, and there would be kids asking 
a, a high school kid for his autograph. Yeah. And um, you, you wouldn't have known, you know, when he walked through the halls of market, well, then when he was given a full ride to Notre Dame, you wouldn't have known it. I mean, he never flaunted anything. He just, he was so down to earth, so nice to everybody. And like I said, I, I had him in class as a, a student, and he was a good student and just a, just a good kid. Tom Roth made the NFL. Tom mm -hmm. Roth was a good kid. Tom Roth is not a kid that came into Marquette with us thinking he's going to make it to the NFL. Uh, Craig Hentick, Hentrick had all this God-given ability. Tom Roth made himself. Uh, you got to give him a lot of credit for what he made out of himself by, by being in the weight room and working out and, and at practice, working hard. And, 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 and uh, he, he didn't have an easy time in, in, in high school his first couple years, even his uh, junior and senior years. He wasn't pushing people around. But he, he kept working at it and working at it and kept getting bigger and bigger. And and I, I think many uh, colleges, they saw how big this kid was getting. And boy, could he block. He was a <laughs> heck of a drive blocker. And uh, all of a sudden, schools are coming, uh, coming to Marquette to uh, visit Tom Roth. And I remember that... Uh, Boy, he could have gone to a lot of Big Ten schools. I'm not, Tom, I'm not mad at you or anything, but you probably remember I kept pushing Big Ten. Tom, you want to go Big Ten? <laughs> Tom, you want to go Big Ten? And uh, he decided, no, nah, he wanted to go to SIU Carbondale. Okay, and, I can't remember uh, where he went. And, yeah, that's and you know I what? I think, I think that was a great choice for him. Uh, things worked out great for him. I think he met his wife at uh, SIU Carbondale. So uh, everything worked out great for Tom, but nothing came easy to Tom. So you got to give him a, a lot of credit in that he he pushed himself to become that level of a football player. And it is neat that uh, those two kids, they were two years apart. So when Tom was a sophomore, Craig was a senior and on the Marquette football team, who would have ever guessed at the time that out there in a Marquette uniform were two future NFL players? Yeah, together at the same time. Yeah, yeah. as there a matter of fact, we got a picture. Have said had been able to say not that. many. We've got a picture. Uh, I hope it's still in the uh, trophy case at Marquette, but uh, because I, I put it there, uh, a picture of Tom uh, Tom Roth. Uh, at the time in a, if I'm not mistaken, New Orleans Saints uniform, and Craig Hentrick at the time in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Won a but, Super Bowl with the Packers. Um, won a Super Over Bowl with Patriots the Pack and and, and lost, uh, and lost one the with the Titans. Yeah, yeah. The, Titans, yep. yeah. the tackle. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What was it? I remember a story because when Craig came back and you guys had had, had uh, um honored him mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago i finally got to meet him i was at the advantage at that point that was it was a really cool night you know um i'm so glad that worked out to be a football game instead of a basketball game. oh gosh i yeah. was dreading doing that at a basketball game that yeah. gym is so small yeah and uh you know but uh you know i remember there was a story about a, a field goal he kicked i think it was at roxana do you remember what I was talking about? It was like he kicked a... The one in the rain six, against uh, Carlinville at West? Maybe that's the one I was talking about. 55 yards? 55 yards, yeah. Um, yeah. Just talk about... I mean, you don't see high school kids kicking stuff no, like that. No, you no. Know? I mean, I covered a couple 
NFL kicker. Like yeah. Riley Patterson is a kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Yeah. I covered Riley Patterson in uh-huh. high school. He was really good. And I co- I watched Riley Patterson. He, he won a playoff game for, for Edwardsville. You know, with a, uh-huh. with a, he, was, he was clutch, but he wasn't – I don't remember him ever kicking anything 55 yards or 60. Yeah. I mean, Craig kicked yeah. some 60, didn't he? Oh, I my gosh. Think? Not in a game he did not, but okay. before games – yeah. Before games, we used to we, – we knew what we had. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Waters, he knew what he had. And um, as a matter of fact, all of this, us assistant coaches and the head coach, Johnny Waters, we all used to kid that we were the uh, kicking coach. And uh, <laughs> basically that what that amounted to was leave Craig alone, let him do what he's doing. Um, but anyhow, before the games, uh, when we would have warm-ups and stuff, we would uh, – There'll be a special time. I don't know what the linemen were doing. I don't know what the backs were doing. But we had so many people in the stands, and we would then line Craig up, and we would have him kick a 40-yard field goal. This is all in practice before the game. Yeah. He would start by kicking a 40. Then he would kick a 45. Then he would do a 50. Then he would do a 55. And then he would finish by always trying a 60. And, I mean, there were people up in the stands with cowbells and stuff. You would have thought it was during the game. It was just, it was raucous. It was wild. It was, it was, it, it was something. And how many of those did he hit? He hit 60s. some. I don't know how many, yeah. but, uh, but he hit some. Uh, yeah. It was unbelievable, the legs, the leg he that's had. That's crazy. You gotta... but, but, you know, he was, uh, he made his living off punting. Right. Oh, yeah. He's a nine, nine-time Pro Bowler. Well, and yeah. against, uh, in a key game, his junior year. I'm not mistaken, his junior year against Muscuda. Uh, we we had a tough game against Muscuda. We wound up winning, but we wound up winning because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when, the, when they had us pinned down and they had all the momentum and everything, Craig got off something like an 83-yard punt. And I'm not wow. talking about, you know, a line drive that hit 20 yards down the field <laughs> yeah. and then rolled 60 yards. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about one that was probably 60 yards in the air and then maybe rolled. But it's just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so it went from us being pinned, you know, to pinned down uh, through them being pinned down. Wow. Wow. Well, let's fast forward now to you becoming, your, becoming a head coach. And, um, you know, it took a little while to – to, to get going once you became the head coach. You had a couple of, you know, low win years. But by the yeah, end Yeah, I had that one and eight year. Yeah, I think I had a two years. and seven year. I don't yeah. know. But I'm by surprised o- I wasn't fired, but. Yeah. Oh, two year, you get to, you're, you, uh, you have a, a, a 10 and 0 team, but you've gone uh-huh. to the playoffs, you're 10 and 0. And then, of course, ranked you know, number one in the state. Na- ranked number one in the state. Yeah. And, and, uh, then the, the party happens, I guess. I mean, it's twenty yeah, years it's ago. Yeah, it's twenty now, years but, ago. The party yeah. happened. So, and you you have to make the decision. And I, I, what was kind of fascinating to me is, I guess here you are the 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 head football coach, and now the principal of the school is your old head football coach. Who you know had a uh-huh. lot of, was really close to the game of football too. And you guys, I obviously have a relationship. What were those conversations about? How hard was that decision to follow that code of conduct? You know. Um, and, and, and suspend those players for that second-round playoff game. Well, see, some of the parents, of course, got lawyers involved in everything. Well, CM and, had gone through that, right? CM that, went through right? it after us. A- was it after? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. CM went through it before us. 
and uh, they handled it one way, and then we handled I handled it a different way. See, I could have let those kids play. The the whole process could have been dragged out. Mm -hmm. But but I had uh, you know so. So the school rules uh, didn't so much go into effect as much as the team rules went into effect. And, gotcha. And every, every boy on the team that, that was there and that wasn't there, they knew what the consequences were. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I even asked them. I said, you know what's going to happen, don't you? And they said, yeah, well, you're not going to let us play. I said, no, I'm not going to let you play. And uh, I remember asking uh, one of the boy, uh, a sophomore boy, he wasn't at the party because he was only a sophomore. Otherwise, he would have been. But uh, <laughs> right. I remember asking one of my players uh, after this season, I said, what, what would you guys, you know, who weren't involved in this at all, what would you guys have thought if I'd have let them play? He said, first of all, Coach, we knew where you stood. We knew what you would do. And second of all, if you'd have let them play, we would have all been so disappointed in you. I said, well, you know what? Oh. I'm, I'm glad to hear that everybody, at least everybody knew where I was coming from. No, some of the parents didn't. Yeah. You know, the the boys themselves, the boys involved, I've got good relationships with not all of them. I mean, some of them I, uh, I don't see. I mean, you know, you, right. you lose track. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying this situation uh, hurt the relationship. Uh, some of them I have great relationships with. And of course, one of them is my son. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and anyhow, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have any hard feelings towards them if, if they have hard feelings towards me that's you know that's fine i mean like somebody one time told me you're not supposed to like your head coach uh, until, right. until you're done playing for him then then maybe you like him but uh but anyhow uh you know what happened happened and i i did what i knew i would always do and that was i uh suspended him and it just so happens that 16 of them there was more than 16 kids okay. i was gonna say how but, many, I, but I didn't know the numbers only 16 was. only 16 were starters okay um you know so you only have 22 starters yeah. 16 of them were starters wow, wow. so anyhow um we uh we, we were yeah we were 10 and 0 and uh Number one ranked team in the state, and uh, Anna Jonesboro came up uh, the following week, and they had no pity on us. I'm playing <laughs> a bunch of underclassmen. Right. I still had enough kids. I mean, back in those days, see, you what people numbers, don't realize yeah. is I had 33 seniors on that team. Wow. Wow. 33 seniors. Now, now, now this past year, they were having to forfeit games. They this past year, I think they had two seniors. Yeah. Or maybe it's right. the year coming up, they've got two seniors. Yeah. I had 33, um, except for the last game. Yeah. You know, what was neat, though, is uh, I gave the kids the option, the kids that got suspended, um, because the press, I mean, my God, every news station. And you had some national press come I got over uh, that. Paul Harvey. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, yeah, I had national press. And, uh, and anyhow, uh, matter of fact, one, one parent was going to get an injunction where I was supposed to have to make these kids play. And this is where John Rogers did ask me. He said, what's going to happen if they get an injunction and you have to let these kids play. I said, I'm not going to play them, so you're going to have a head football coach marched out of the stadium in handcuffs. <laughs> and Oh, he, wow. And he said, okay. Huh. Um, so as it yeah. turned out, they didn't get the injunction. So, uh, And uh, 
Anna Jonesboro came up and uh, you know didn't have much pity on us and beat us uh, 63 to nothing. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. the last game I ever coached. Now, I didn't resign or retire because of that, because of the incident. Okay. I knew at the start of that season that, you know, I'd been coaching football for 25 years. And, yeah. and I was hoping to be the next principal at Marquette. That didn't work out. That didn't work out till about three years later. Right. We'll get to but, that, uh, But anyhow, um, uh, but I did know that... Uh, Football's tough. Uh, coaching, coaching high school is tough, and I had done it for you know for, for twenty. Of... Actually, uh, I played eight years: four in high school, four in college. Yeah. Never missed a two a day. I coached oh, for twenty-five years. Never missed a two a day. So you take that twenty-five and eight, thirty for thirty-three years. I never missed a two a day. It wears you out. Oh, so I, I was I was ready. Oh, I, and I, so I knew. Most people don't know this, but I knew I knew before our last game. I knew before our last season that this was my last season, and I I stood by that and uh, and retired after that season. But I'm I'm sure pro- you know there were probably people that thought that that was why you were. Doing uh, probably that. people that were glad that uh, <laughs> you know that they probably thought Marquette forced me out or right. or whatever. Yeah. You know it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. You got people that like you. You got people that don't like you. Yeah. Hey, I know that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I had I had uh, football parents who. Uh, I think maybe liked me. Some of them I went I went to school with at Marquette and played football with at Marquette, but I had some who wouldn't talk to me during the season uh, mm-hmm. because of the way I treated their sons. You know, well, uh, in yeah. their in their mind. In their mind, um, yeah. And, That's um, being a coach. I, I still think. got you know parents that probably, that I know one or two that still don't talk to me. Uh, but again, every coach in America could tell you right. those kind of stories, exactly. you know, and we don't, we can't let it bother us. So now, was it after that year then, as you you were wanting to make the move to principal, that you left? Again? Yeah, John Rogers was retiring. Okay, and uh, you know, according to him and many people, I was the heir apparent, and uh, so uh, I interviewed for the job. But uh, the powers that that be, they uh, they didn't think I was the right person for that job. So uh, after 25 years at Marquette and doing, um, you know, teaching and coaching and being a guidance counselor and uh, doing everything I could for them, they decided that, uh, you know, that was the end of the road for me. I wasn't going to advance beyond that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I decided that, uh, well, you know what, uh, you know, and when I say this, it sounds like sour grapes. It really wasn't, but I decided... I can make a better living uh, working down uh, for my cousins uh, at Fisher Lumber. That's why I worked at Fisher hey, Lumber because because my mom is a Fisher. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, she was. I mean, she grew up at Fisher. She and my uncle Bud, uh, okay. Chris Fisher. Uh, and uh, so I, huh. I, I always had a summer that. job. I went down, visited my first cousin David, who's now the president of Fisher Lumber. And uh, said, "Can I uh, can I come down this summer and then just stay?" And uh, he said, "Yeah." And that's uh, when you met Kevin, huh? That's when I met Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin McCormick. McCormick. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So if he's listening to this, shout out to Kevin. That's yeah. uh, 
That's a yeah. Oh, he's gonna listen. He it's a it's, it's well, it's, it's not a low time in my life, but uh, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not the highest point in my life uh, working with Kevin down at uh, Fisher Lumber. But I'm gonna tell you something. I loved working at Fisher Lumber. Yeah. And then when uh, the person that Marquette hired to be principal, when he got himself fired for reasons I won't go into. Which I found out about later on because I was curious, you know, what I wanted to make sure I didn't make the same mistakes he made. And uh, then uh, the people at that time, the people on the board at that time, started reaching out to me asking me if I would come back, if I'd be interested in coming back to Marquette. And, and you know what my, my first answer was? No. Yeah, I said I'm 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 happy here, official number. I'm content. I, I I don't have the weight of the world on my shoulders and everything. And long story short, I uh, reconsidered. I interviewed. And they offered me the job, and uh, I took it. So one question though, I mean, how, so when you ate lunch with Kevin down there every day, how much did he eat at lunchtime? <laughs> Kevin wasn't shortchanged at lunch. <laughs> you know, him, him and I, we he started going to school together in the first grade, went all through school together, played baseball together, played slow-pitch softball together. So I've known him since I was six years old. Yeah, so it's been, been a long time that I still go to basketball games with him. So. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah. That's that's my buddy. So, um, but yeah. So now you go back and, and you get that job as as principal, and you spend another sixteen years. Seventeen, 17 years. Okay, seventeen yeah. years. And there. the Telegraph keeps keeps on saying fourteen years. No, I was principal at Marquette for seventeen years. So talk about how different that was. Obviously, and one of the things that I always thought was was neat was it seemed like. Uh, and maybe that's just the coaching you coached for so long, but it seemed like you did not miss an a sporting event or an extracurricular event it's like you were if i missed a sporting event it was because there were two or three going on that night although sometimes (laughs) out at gordon moore park i might go from the baseball field to the softball field to the tennis courts back out to the uh soccer field uh which really kind of ticked me off when uh I don't know if it was Jim Claywell or who, so I wanted to mention Jim Claywell since he's on your uh, podcast <laughs> in a couple hours. Yeah. And uh, somebody moved the game, the, the uh, tennis matches out to Lewis and Clark. Right. And that really affected my schedule because now I couldn't just go across the street, you know, from <laughs> baseball to tennis. <laughs> I had to drive across town. One, one week, uh, my wife and I, because she would always go with me, and my mother, uh, who's now 94 years old and one of the biggest Marquette supporters you'll ever find. <laughs> uh, we would take her to all the sporting events. That's what she misses. Uh, I'm I'm very happy in retirement, but my mom sure misses all the sporting events. You haven't been going to? No, I now. don't. I, you know, I went for 25 years, right. Bill, and, uh, and what I was going to tell you is one week, I remember uh, the softball team, was I think up in Peoria and the baseball team, maybe the baseball team was in Peoria and the softball team was somewhere else. They were both playing for state, playing state championships. I put 1,500 miles on my car one week. Uh, wow. just going to market yeah. events but yeah that's that's what uh what people do tend to remember that uh as a principal 
uh, I always took an interest in the kids. And uh, being a principal is not a uh, uh, 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. to, let's say, 4 p.m. job. It's 24-7. You've got to be there around the clock for these kids. It's all about the kids. I don't know. I think I might have used to get tick off uh, maybe teachers because, you know, teachers, and I was one. Uh, we want it to all be about us, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. all about the kids. And I used to make that known. You, you figure that out as a principal? Or no, you feel like I, you no were doing I, that I, knew, I knew that from t- uh, teaching from and coaching. Yeah. Yeah. But the teaching and coaching made me a much better principal. I never would have wanted to have been a principal had I not had 25 years of classroom experience teaching and 25 years of field experience coaching. Those made me a better principal, and they would make anybody a better principal. Let's talk about there then, you know, there at the end, you you got your your due. You had Mike Slaughter Day. Yeah, yeah. They named a a street after you. They did. Uh, Is it Mike Slaughter Way? Mike Slaughter Way. Yeah. And then, I've got um, the signs at my house, yeah. uh, up on my uh, in my library. Yeah, and then you know, on that that last walk home that you always walked home, you had all the kids. You know, well, I didn't, but that, it was a complete surprise to me. I knew nothing about, about this, that, and how they, yeah. you know, how they kept it a secret. I told you at the beginning of this, I don't know anything about uh, podcasts and about. Right. I don't do Facebook. I don't do yeah, this right, stuff. Right, right, right. They they communicated all this information on Facebook, and somebody even asked uh, <laughs> the young lady uh, Mary McConnell, who was in charge of this. Um, how did you pull this off without him knowing? She's he doesn't do Facebook. And he does, you know not you weren't worried at all. I, no, we know Mike. He's not going to get on Facebook, and I and I didn't. Right. And uh, see, for for those seventeen years as principal, I live eight blocks away from Marquette. Yeah. I walked every day to school, uh, unless I had a meeting in Springfield, which was like once or twice a year. Uh, otherwise, which brings up a story i'll tell you in a minute but uh, otherwise i would walk to work every day it didn't matter rain snow sleet or hail people would say what if it's raining i said well that's why god invented umbrellas yeah. i don't mind walking with an umbrella uh you know and anyhow um so i would i would walk it would take me 10 minutes every day to walk it takes me about a minute and a half to drive but i i like that walk so my last day of school, as I get out of school and start walking home, I walk right into, down around the block, into this crowd of people who uh, it's been set up that they're going to walk me home. And I tell you what, it, it was the neatest, uh, it, it was a tearjerker. It really was. Yeah. Do you know, to this day, I've never walked back to Marquette, and uh, and the reason why I've never walked back to Marquette was because I want that memory to be the last walk. And it's it, oh, to this day, it's been neat. the last walk. But let me tell you this story. I used to walk, okay, 99.8% of the time. That 0.2% of the time, I didn't. One day, I drove my truck to uh, Marquette because I guess I had a meeting somewhere, and uh, at the end of the day, I walked home. I went into my garage to get my truck because I was going to go out to Nautilus. Yeah, my truck that. wasn't there. I thought, oh, my God, somebody stole my t-. And then before I could even think it, I thought, oh, my God. 
I drove today. My truck is sitting down at Marquette. So now I had to walk back to Marquette to get my truck to go to Nautilus. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. You were walking walking that much that you did that. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, all that walking, it kept me in shape, and uh, and now I uh, I play pickleball. Yeah, pickleball. That's something that you know. Uh, I took up tennis a little bit. I was I was uh, taking some lessons with Dave Leip a little bit over in Edwardsville, and uh, and taking that up a little bit. But I, pickleball is something I haven't really got into. That's it's it's kind of taken uh, taken the uh, the world by storm it over these really last has. few years. It's though. it's so much fun. It, it really is. It's a lot of fun. But I tell you what. You you ache. Everything seems to ache after you play, and yet you still go back and do it again. You mentioned Coach Dave Leip, the most yeah. successful tennis coach in this whole Riverbend area, if you if you include Edwardsville, obviously. Um, I consider Dave Leip a, a good friend. I mean, we don't hang out or anything, but yeah. we know each other. Someday when you walk, when you see Dave Leip, ask him who gave him his first job as a tennis coach. Did, did you hire him at Summer Sport? I hired him okay. at Summer Sport. So, you know, Dave's Dave has a podcast. It's called the Metro East Sports Podcast. Really? And him and I, he brought me in to help him start that. And then when I got let go from the advantage, I said, Dave, I want to step away from everything for a while until Nick and Steve Medford brought me in here to help out with this one because Steve Medford sponsors this one. Oh, I did so, not know yeah. that. Does yeah. he know that you're sponsoring me right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't know if you, you know who hired Steve Medford, right. don't you? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's on um, the uh, Gallatin Award staff with me now too. That when we hand out those oh, awards, good. he joined good. joined that with uh, uh, Jim so- or uh, um, uh, Steve Porter and Joe Silkwood, and uh, he'll be, he'll be back in here. coaching soon, won't he? <laughs> when the kids get a little older, I yeah. think he will. He's still yeah. coaching youth basketball. Yeah, I know. All the time. Yeah. So, uh, but. Um, yeah, so, well, another thing real quick, talking about, you know, you didn't get to hire this guy, as, a, as at least as a uh, as a head coach now at Marquette, but he did work as an assistant for a little while there. But Eric Dickerson, who had been the head coach at Alton High, one of your early players is when you were a head coach, is now the, the head coach there at Marquette. What yeah. Do you, when you see in that, I mean, do you still have a relationship with Eric or talk I to him I haven't spoken with Eric in a while because um, I, I don't see him. Yeah. But great kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, I always liked Eric. Somebody just recently, when Eric got hired, as a matter of fact, they said, yeah, you and Eric, you guys had, had some issue or something. I think when he was a head coach at Alton High and, and I was the principal at Marquette, and I said, no, not that I'm aware of that uh, that we had an issue. I always had uh, nothing but uh, respect for Eric. I like Eric. Uh, and Eric did play for me. And, and Eric. Eric's He's a good player. Back at those time, those days, uh, as you, as you, I think, pointed out, uh, I, I think either on the podcast or before we started, my uh, first few years as a head coach weren't the most successful. And Eric, unfortunately, played on some of those teams. But Eric was a good player. Yeah. Uh, and a very respectful player, a good kid to coach. I call him a kid, I mean, because everybody I coach, <laughs> they're kids. Right. Uh, I have nothing but respect for Eric. I, I wish him the best. Uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for him because kids just aren't coming out for football right now. Yeah. But if, if he can get the kids out, then I, I wish him nothing. But I, I want him to be successful. It's been really bizarre seeing the, the numbers just – 
plummet at Marquette and seeing where they're at now. I mean, uh, you you know, um, I've had here Gary Heron and, and Wade DeVries on the last couple of episodes that we've recorded, and you know, it's just Marquette. You know, throwing throwing freshmen out there against what Roxana and Wood River had this year. I mean, he just couldn't compete. And uh, you know, I mean, what, what do you think the the difference has been? I mean, is it just like you said, people not wanting to go out and play football, or because Marquette's historically had really solid football since the seventies. Marquette yeah. has has well, I mean, look how many times Marquette has made the playoffs, and, right? And the success that we—I mean, we may not have had early success, but the success that we've had in the playoffs, um, I, Bill, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I let, let me tell you this: I don't blame Coach Mack, who just resigned mm-hmm. after three three years at Marquette. Yeah, uh, I don't blame him for what's happened at all. He. He was in a tough spot. He did not have the kids. When you hit COVID right as he comes oh, in, too, my. which yeah. kills you, you know. I mean, but why? Why aren't kids coming out? I don't know. But I. But I'll tell you something. You. You. You mentioned. You know, the coach from Wood River and the coach from Roxana, and and they say they're not having problems. Well, maybe they're not right now, but they had been. Yes, they have. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. at small schools, it goes through these oh, cycles. It's, it's cycled, yeah. And and maybe Marquette's just in a down cycle. I. I mean, I hope. I hope things start getting better. I hope for Eric's sake they start getting better. Will they? I don't know. Uh, I. I have no idea whether things will get better or not. But uh, I know uh, I've got buddies over at Alton High. Uh, actually, more of them are now retired like myself. Yeah. And we talk about Alton High. And uh, Alton High's having trouble getting kids out for football. Yeah. So It seems Coach it's, Parker got, got some numbers up this year a little bit. Did he? Um, yeah, he, he got some kids out. But uh, we'll see. He had a, you know, a tough, tough go of it this year. But, I mean, it, trying to implement his new system and everything but they had they had some numbers up uh from where they'd been what helps is when you are a winner when you win absolutely kids want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. parents want their kids to be a part of that but when you're losing and marquette's now lost what 18 in a row something like that um, which they had never done before. Even back right. when John Rogers was three and thirty-three, <laughs> he never lost eighteen yeah. in a row. I don't think. But anyhow, um, I, 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 I think kids, you know, they, 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 they listen to their peers. Well, you don't want to play football. They, they you know, they all you're going to do is get beat up out there on the football field. Come play, you know, name name the other uh, fall sports, golf. Right. Golf, golf has a ton of kids out. Mm-hmm. Soccer. Soccer has a ton of kids yeah. out. Uh, I don't know what other male sports there are in the fall. I, I think remember. more kids are turning to golf now. You know, oh. I've had friends of mine that played football in high school that, as we got to be adults, were like, man, I was an idiot. I should have been golfing. Man, I've, I spend so much money golfing now, they say, and I could have played in high school and saved all the wear and tear on my body, and I could have got to play all those golf courses for free. Well, as an ex-football player <laughs> yeah. who, uh, again, played played eight years and then coached for 25, yeah, you can be out there on the football field. Um, I'm not talking about during the game. I'm talking about in practice. Right. And you're breathing in dust. Uh, you're getting knocked down. You're picking yourself up. You're getting your face sm- smashed in the mud. 
uh, something's bleeding, either your your hands. I remember my hands used to, my fingers and stuff, I used to, because they would hit the other players' helmets and stuff. But, uh, but you know, uh, so you can be doing that and running at the end. After you're doing all that stuff, getting beat up, getting tackled, getting thrown around, then you got to do all these. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound negative. I think it's great that they can do this. Or you can be out on the third tee at Rolling Hills with a Coke in your hand right. saying it's your shot. <laughs> <laughs> We're not helping get numbers up for the football no, teams that right now. No, that didn't. I didn't help matters for <laughs> well, football. Real quick before before we uh, before we get out of here, Mike, uh, just <clears throat> talk about now that you've you've had a little bit of time away. Um, you know, um, all that time at Marquette and all those kids you you were around and reflecting on the whole career, the student, the athlete, the teacher, the assistant coach, the guidance counselor, the head coach, the principal. What, what do you think about when you think about that whole ride? I think I wouldn't change any of it. Uh, the, the, the high times, obviously, you don't change. The low times, I would. The low times are learning periods. Right. I wouldn't change any of it. Um, except, as I said, maybe I wish I would have known a little bit more about being a running back back when <laughs> I was in high school. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, but in terms of the teaching, the administrating, um, I I wouldn't the coaching obviously, I wouldn't change any of it. I I've met so many kids, many of them who have kids now, who I just I mean I I love them and and they know I love them, uh, and I, I had the best time, the best forty years at Marquette. Uh, I'm glad to be retired. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, uh, you know I'm I'm sixty six years old now. Yeah. And um, I am glad to be retired. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying every day. But I'm going at my pace. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm swimming. I'm playing pickleball. I'm working on my house. <laughs> uh, if if your listeners could see me right now, they would know I'm up to something because my pants are <laughs> full of paint and uh, drywall mud. And uh, I'm a mess. But uh, but like I said, I've got a face for radio. So uh, the one thing I asked you was don't take any pictures or anything because right. I don't want anybody to see what I look like right now because I am a mess <laughs> right. because of all the work I'm doing at home. But my 40 years at Marquette, loved it. Uh, loved the kids. Had a great time. Uh, loved the teachers. Uh, I probably loved the teachers more than they loved me. That par for the course of you're going to be a principal. Right. Loved the parents. Uh, I really did. Parents, uh, I got along great with the parents. And uh, <clears throat> so anyhow, uh, I, I've got I've got no complaints. I've led... Uh, Led a great life. I uh, I married my high school sweetheart from Marquette. She's still the love of my life. Uh, we've got three kids. They're all Marquette graduates. Uh, none of them have uh, kids in the area. I've got two grandkids okay. up in Chicago, and okay. uh, they're coming down for Christmas. We can't wait for them to get down here. Go. Uh, we go and see them maybe every other month. Uh, my mother's a Marquette grad. She uh, still loves Marquette. She's 94 Man. years old, still living by herself, and we try to keep up with her. Uh, it's hard to keep up with her, but um, anyhow, no, life life is good. It really is. Got okay. two dogs at home that uh, I'll, I'll pay you to take them off my hand. But <laughs> No, I'm all right there. <laughs> but life, life's good, and my, my 40 years at Marquette were great. I wouldn't change a thing. 
Well, thanks, Mike. It's been fun talking to you and catching up and hearing all these old stories. So, Well, someday maybe we can uh, just reminisce about uh, some of the coaches I coached about uh, against, like uh, like Charlie Rich and right. Bill Smith. and uh, uh, You've talked you about know, a lot of those guys uh, on oh, here for gosh. sure. Yeah. Those guys, uh, yeah, characters. Bill and, Smith's uh, a guy got to get on here sometime. Uh, who's that? Who's that coach at CM now? That uh, that young guy down at CM. <laughs> yeah, Rick Reinhardt. Uh, I got you on Rick. Here too. Uh, no, I'm yeah. kidding when I say who's that you're, guy. I know you're Rick at Marquette. Too. I, I know. Yeah. I, I hired Rick right. at Marquette. I, I like Rick Reinhardt. I, I always have. Well, maybe not always. I didn't like him when we played him. <laughs> right. But uh, I didn't like Charlie when we played him. I didn't like yeah. Bill when we played him. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, and Andy Easton up at uh, Carlinville, right? And uh, no, I've got I've got great memories, whether it be in the classroom, on the playing fields, um, or or uh, in the uh, principal's office. Okay, well, yeah, we can come back on sometime for sure. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for listening to the Coach Speak podcast. If you're a coach or player or know a coach or player who would like to be featured on the Coach Speak podcast, email bill at broseberry5123 at gmail.com. And tune in next time on Coach Speak, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor Steve Medford.